This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome once again for another edition of The Drop Podcast. As always, I am your host, Lance Descott. The Blues played the Avalanche on Monday night, and we all know the history between these two teams. We know what happened last year. The Blues had an opportunity in that last week. All they had to do was win one of their last couple games, and they would have gotten into the playoffs. But they didn't do that, so it came down to the game against Colorado. We know about the offsides call. Some people thought it was offsides. Other people thought it was onside. And that just sent the game tumbling down. And the Avalanche won that game 5-2. to two. I believe it was April 7th of last year. So the Blues were looking for a little bit of payback. The Blues are in the playoffs no matter what they do. The Avalanche are still fighting to get positioning with Dallas. They also have Arizona coming up right behind them. They really need to make sure that they're in charge of their own destiny and win these last few games. In all honesty, guys, since we don't have the Red Wings-Blues rivalry anymore, and I don't think the Blackhawks-Blues rivalry is what it used to be, I think this Blues-Avalanche rivalry is getting really, really big. The games are tense. There's somewhat of a physical nature to them. They're normally close games, and they're fun games to watch. This game would be no different. It would be a fun game to watch. Both teams had some opportunities. The Blues played great in the first period. They put some pressure on Grubauer. They were able to play strong defensively. And not only did the Blues play strong defense, they would get on the scoreboard first on a goal by Jaden Schwartz. And now up a hit to Perron with Sundquist over the line. Four Blues to the attack in front. Scores! Jaden Schwartz, and now it is one nothing Blues. Early in this period, he was thwarted right in that same position. David Perron going to drive through the middle of the ice, give it up to Sundquist. Rather than put it along the ice, he learned his lesson the first time. He elevates the puck and puts it up and over Grubauer earlier in the period along the ice. This time, great transition goal by St. Louis. Schwartz got the goal on that one, but I'm giving a lot of credit to Oscar Sundquist. Oscar Sundquist made just a perfect pass in front of the net. Schwartz, he's right there, puts it past Grubauer. The Blues are up one to nothing. If you didn't get to watch the game, go back and watch the video highlight of that. It was a great pass. Sundquist has improved so much this season. I can't believe it personally. I never thought he would turn into the player that he has been this year. That goal by Schwartz would be his 11th of the year. Sunquist gets his 16th assist. Perron gets his 22nd assist. Seven minutes, seven seconds in. Each team had a power play in the first period, but neither team were able to capitalize on either of those opportunities. And in that first period, the Blues would outshoot Colorado 15-2. Going into the second period, it would be a total opposite. Colorado would outshoot the Blues 10-3. 
The Avalanche were unable to score on their 10 shots. Bennington had a pretty good period. And with just three shots, the Blues were not able to score either. So we go out of the second period. Still, the Blues leading one to nothing. Just 14 seconds in, the Blues would make it a two-goal lead on a goal by Vladimir Tarasenko. He has got 147 consecutive games with at least a shot. O'Reilly, and a score! Tarasenko on the rebound! And a quick third-period marker makes it 2 nothing. He's all smiles, Vladdy Tarasenko, quick strike to start this period. But we were talking about O'Reilly, hockey player, wins the draw. Smart, get the puck in deep, pursue on the forecheck. He doesn't just hold up, he goes hard after Nathan McKinnon. Strong board play by Shen. O'Reilly's going to walk to the net, wires it on goal, and Tarasenko's there to pick up the loose change. 90 in blue is a true hockey player, and 91 in blue enjoys playing with him, Chris. O'Reilly takes the initial shot. Grubauer makes a pretty good save on him. Tarasenko picks the puck up at almost from about the same angle and same spot that O'Reilly took the initial shot, except this time Tarasenko goes glove side and puts it past Grubauer, and the Blues have a two-goal lead. That was Tarasenko's 31st goal of the year. O'Reilly gets his 47th assist. Braden Shin gets his 35th assist. And the Blues have a 2-0 lead 14 seconds into the third. But you know, just as the Blues have been having their top players show up lately, and even guys in the fourth line show up, but it's those top players that when you're down a little bit and your team needs something, those are the guys that normally are going to step up. And that's exactly what would happen with Colorado when Gabriel Landeskog would get his 34th goal of the year to make it 2-1. to one. A long death stare for the official on a slow skeet back to the bench. Nemeth to change direction, scores! Landeskog got his stick on it, and Bennington going the other way, and they're back within one. Nemeth does a really good job walking the line to open up the shooting avenue so that Landis Cock can take the relay and chip it by Bennington. The battle, get the puck deep, win it on the boards. Good job by Wilson reaching in, keeping it alive. Soderberg going to go back to him. He gets it, so Tarasenko can't get in the lane. It gets by Tarasenko's a nifty set of hands from Landis Cock to make it 2-1. Mr. Third period. That initial shot by Nemeth. Wasn't a very strong one, but there's Landeskog in front of the net. Nobody's able to move him out. He's great at deflecting the puck. Jordan Bennington's set to make the save, and Landeskog just redirects it in a totally different direction, and it is two to 2-1. That goal by Landeskog would be his 34th. Nimeth gets his ninth assist. Soderberg gets his 26th assist. It's a 2-1 to one game. Colorado pulls Grubauer late. The Blues fans are standing. Getting ready to cheer the Blues on to a victory, but there was no victory in regulation because Alexander Kerfoot, with just about 47 seconds left, ties this one up at two each. As the fans here at Enterprise Center rise to their feet, bouncing puck scores! Alex Kerfoot has tied it. It's another tip, and the game is tied. They started the game late, but man, they're finishing it on time. Everybody has to hustle to get back on side, including Soderbergh. They're on side. Kerfman drives harder than it, but he finds a way to take this Landis God shot on goal and chip it up and through. 
Jordan Bennington. Landeskog does the exact same thing in a similar fashion to what Nimeth did earlier to get the first goal for Colorado. Landeskog takes the shot. The shot's bouncing. Kerfoot's in front of the net. Just gives it a little bit of a deflection. And it goes past Jordan Bennington. And we're heading to overtime. That goal by Kerfoot would be his 13th of the year. Landeskog gets his 38th assist. McKinnon gets his 57th assist. 19 minutes, 13 seconds in. And overtime, Colorado would have three shots. The Blues would have two. But neither team were able to score. So we would go to a shootout. The first shooter would be Bozak. Grubauer made the save on him. The next shooter would be Nathan McKinnon. Bennington made a good save on him. And then Ryan O'Reilly would be the next man up for the Blues. The former Avalanche moves in and scores. He's not just smart in five-on-five situations, but he's smart in this too. He goes wide, pulls a goalie, opens him up, and then beats a blocker side. The Blues give up the two-goal lead. They allow the Avalanche to come back and tie it late. But then Ryan O'Reilly gets this goal in the shootout, and the Blues win 3-2. to two. Let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. Most of them are pretty even. The Avalanche had 26 shots on goal. The Blues had 27. Face-off battle, 52% for the Avalanche, 48% for the Blues. Each team had one power play. Both teams were 0 for 1 on the power play. Colorado had 22 hits to the Blues, 20. Colorado did outblock the Blues by a large margin, 19 to 9. The Blues had six giveaways to Colorado's three. Let's head to the post-game interviews. We're going to start out with Coach Craig Berube. Then we're going to hear from Petrangelo, Bennington, and in the post-game interviews with Vladimir Tarasenko. Craig, you're now in second place. Your thoughts on that? Um, you know, had a good first period. Second period, not so good, just unforced errors. And then third period is pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, let them tie it up. But... Um, you no, know, it's we're in a good spot. You know, it's good. That, that line change it came right before. Yeah. The you, well, a little confusion there on the line change uh, with the D, and um, you know they quicked up the puck on us and ended up, um, you know, driving the net and uh, threw it there and, and tipped it. So just got to change a little bit better on that play. Well, it can be. I mean, they, those guys were out there for a while, and, you know, it's a smart play by them, you know, not letting us get off and get an easy change. And they got it up quick and, you know, made a good tip play. Two tip goals on us tonight. Yeah, it seemed like a very uh, critical game, maybe some Yeah, they, yeah well, I said it was going to be a desperate game for them. Um, you know, it's they're battling for playoffs, and... Uh, they played hard. I thought, though, we had a real good first period. Did a good job of, uh, you know, <laughs> with the puck and making plays and attacking and had some real good opportunities. I mean, we could have had two or three goals in the first period. We, we only end up with the one. And then the second period, you know, they were obviously going to make a push. And we, we just kind of unforced errors, uh, turned the puck over too much and didn't just play a simple, you know, game, period. You know, just got three-quarter ice a little bit and... Uh, we're back on our heels. In, in your head, when you come, you, you, out, you out shoot them 15 to 2, they don't have a shot for like 
Well, you always want to be up more than that, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Your goalie played really well. He's been playing really well, and uh, that's how it goes. And, you know, when you come in after a period like that, you know the team's going to get a push the next period. So, How do you handle shootouts? Are you relaxed during them, or how nerve-wracking are they for you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really – it's not really nerve-wracking for me. Um, it is what it is, I mean. It, it's not playing hockey. It's just shoot, shoot out, you know. Skill, like a skill contest. Yeah, pretty much. So in that sense, it's kind of a, you kept the roll of it. It's a crapshoot. I guess the only strategy is deciding who goes out there and when they go out there. Yeah, well, we have percentages on guys, and we go off that quite a bit. Jordan, the Binghamton tied a franchise record for most wins by a rookie. Yeah, that's congrats to him. Um, you know, that's a great job by him, obviously, and uh, the team, because you need a good team in front of you. So, but uh, yeah, he's been really, really good. Done a great job, and again, finds a way to win tonight. Seen very, uh, and this we've seen twice in the shootouts. He seems very unflappable. Yeah, he's done a good job in shootouts. Made, made a couple nice saves. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, again, you know, um, like we talked about it, the division's there if we want, try to get it. Um, and it's important to play a good, consistent hockey going into the playoffs. You guys seem like you, you know, you said you, you indicated that you thought the team was a little tired in, in, in Jersey. You seem like you had very good energy tonight. Yeah, we did. I thought there was a lot of energy tonight. I think that um, the ice time has been really good for the most part um, up front with our players. have been averaging good ice time, everybody, and they're in a good spot. Yeah, we roll them pretty, we've been rolling them pretty uh, steady here lately, which is a good thing. I guess bottom line, two points is what you guys needed. And got yeah, you found a way to win. But uh, we'll take the two points here. We've got a couple games left, so we'll take the, the win and move on. No, it's that play there at the end. I mean, it's a, is it a tough read when you guys are making that line change there, whether to read if the, if the puck was out deep enough where you can make that change? Or yeah, just kind of take us through that. Change everybody there because with a guy like McKinnon, he gets back on the offense so quick. I mean, it's not much of a shot. It's a good tip play. Binner's got no chance on that. We just got to find a way to be a little bit tighter um, off the change. Can you describe how important it was for you guys to come out in the first with intensity and offense? Yeah, we played well in the first, but we got to find a way to carry that over. We didn't play very very good in the second there. They kind of controlled the pace of the period. So um, it's good to get up on a team like that. But, uh, again, got to find a way to play better in the second. There's a lot of event but don't break mentality when they're coming at you in, in, in waves like they did at times. Yeah, I mean, they're a pretty high offensive-powered team, right? They're going to get chances. They're going to skate. They're, they're quick. and. We just kind of played into that, so we know that. We know we got to be better in those situations. What's it like to go to bed tonight in second place? Um, good, yeah. We've earned it. I mean, it's been a um, long road to get here, but uh, we've earned the spot that we're in right now, so um, we got to keep on playing here, hopefully continue to uh, earn that home ice. I guess from where you are in January, you never know. You just keep on playing, hoping... They can keep pushing, right? I mean, uh, 
you don't really win 12 in a row very often to put yourself in that spot to start with. But something to be proud of. I talked about this morning. I mean, this is a Brazilian group, and you got to be proud of where we uh, we put ourselves. Uh, yeah, obviously I saw McKenna's um, trio goal the other night. Uh, I was just trying to hold my ground and uh, be patient. And uh, I got a piece of it, went over the net. And then uh, Landis Cox uh, went for the low blocker. And then the other guy kind of had me. I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, fortunately rolled off his stick or something like that. You looked like you were on an island in that first period, and then did they did they start bringing it in the last two periods there? Yeah, I, I just had to find a way to stay in it, and uh, you know they got a couple of chances at the end of that period there. So um, you know the intermission came and I regrouped, and um, you know we we competed and they were pushing. You know they're a desperate hockey team, and and we're trying to climb the standings. So uh, that was a good hockey game, and uh, we're happy with the the win. Uh, I mean we have a lot of play for the last. Three games now and uh, four free games, yeah. And uh, like I said before, we will play for a win in every game. Why do you think Jordan Bennington has, has done so well for so long? Uh, I mean, obviously play great, but confidence he has is unbelievable for a rookie goalie to play first year. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of good things to keep us in the game even today. And, uh, you know, he gave us confidence too to play well. It seemed like a very physical game. It seemed like they were doing some uh, chippy stuff. Was it just their style of play? Is it playoff hockey? Or? Well, they're playing for the playing for a playoff spot, so we know it's going to be a game like this. And uh, it was a really important game for both teams. And the playoffs is coming, so there will be a, uh, a lot of stuff like this. So it's uh, you know good for us. We can play some games like this before playoffs. You know, Vladimir's right. It is good for them to play some games like this, where they have a little bit of adversity, where they get up and a team tries to come back into the game. But we've seen this several times in the last week and a half, two weeks, to where the Blues get a two-goal lead and teams come back on them. They cannot do that in the playoffs. Could they win those type of games? Yes. But in the playoffs, when you lose that kind of momentum after being up two to nothing, and all of a sudden a team ties it at two to two or goes up at three to two, it really puts the pressure on you. You start making mistakes, and the other team really, really goes after you. Let's hope the Blues can solve that issue. It's not that I don't think they can't win when a team does that. I just think it makes it harder to win on you. Do they want to play Dallas? Do they want to play Winnipeg? Do they want to play the Predators? I really don't care because this team is going to have to play solid against anybody. I know a lot of people are saying, the Predators aren't as good this year. They're not a good team. We've played them very well. But guys, they're ahead of us in points. Yeah, it's only by two points, but they're ahead of us. They may not have played well this year. I like to throw those stats out when it comes to the playoffs. I've seen teams that beat a team every game they play them in the regular season, and then lose in the playoffs. I've seen it happen a lot. So I'm not one of those people that sits there and says, oh, I hope we don't play Winnipeg. Oh, I hope we play the Predators. Oh, I hope we don't play Dallas. The only thing I hope for is that this team plays strong. They play as a team. They play strong defensively. That is my key to the playoffs for this team. I don't think we're going to see this team score a ton of goals night in and night out in the playoffs. Could they have a 5-2 to two game, 4-2 to two game, 4-1 to one game? Yes, they could. But I think it's going to be very tight. 
I think you're going to see two to one games, one to nothing games, three to two games. And it's going to be key to continue to cut down on the shots. Do not let them get two, three, four shots in the same sequence against your goalie. That's going to be huge for the Blues. Also, we're going to need good goaltending. If we don't get it, we're not going to go far in these playoffs. The Blues have a game coming up Wednesday night against the Blackhawks. I know the Blackhawks are out of the playoffs. I suspect the Blackhawks would like nothing more to beat the Blues so that the Blues can't finish second or first in the Central. That's all the time I have for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.